0: Are they welcoming back, y'all? Let's see <coughs> about that mighty stitch clip about uh Lena Haba making an ass out of herself again. Sounds fun. And um, thanks for 312k. Even though it's just law enforcement surveilling me without a warrant, yeah, they just called me. I mean, like the, uh, I I thought it was, um, maybe a friend of mine calling, so I picked it up and it turned out to be the, uh, and I said, bueno, bueno, and, um, the guy on the other side said, hello. I said, bueno, yeah, see, uh, hello. And he said, this is the, this is the police, uh, Police support, police officers support uh, association. I just hung up immediately. Couldn't hang up fast enough. But, uh, you know, thinking about it, I, I felt like calling him back saying, you know, thanks to, well, not thanks. No thanks. Or because of police corruption, I'm spending Christmas and the holidays alone without my my family, my my animal friends. My they're they're my family. And they took them away, 140 of my little animal friends that were perfectly healthy and then they fucking tortured them and and uh and they're still gone. Who knows what they did to them? So please send some, um, thoughts and prayers and healing protection to keep them safe. Until I can sue the shit out of these motherfucking pigs and get them back. It's fucking horrible. That's what the police have done. They They need to, we need to get rid of over half of them. According to the police, the 70% of them are corrupt. So let's have drug tests every, bright and early every Monday morning. That'll get rid of a bunch of them. Somebody, somebody just had to, uh, my, my friend just had to, uh, take in a, a woman who was, a friend of his who was, who was, um, beaten up by the, by a fucking Pima County Sheriff's, you know, they're the fucking worst. They must be the worst in the country. So I'm thinking of doing a, like a campaign ad, like this, this, this Christmas and holiday season, I'm spending it alone because, because of the police. They took away my babies, my, my perfectly healthy animal family and, uh. here in Tucson seems to be the worst conditions in the country more than four times more jail deaths at Pima County Jail than Rikers Island which everybody seems to think is the worst in the country and five times more arrests in Pima County than the national average so what the hell's going on here you know and when they when they uh, falsely charged arrested and incarcerated my friend and I for fucking nothing for pointing out that they didn't have probable cause or any evidence to to do that to take away all, all our animals it was like Abu Ghraib so I think I'm gonna do a going to do a campaign ad on that. I'll put a little shade on it, and and then um, please. So I'm running for sheriff. To make sure that this stuff, we we put a stop to this shit. Let's put a stop to this. Elect me a woman who's tough on crime, a former teacher and journalist retired, retired teacher and journalist. And, um, let me clean it up. Let me clean it up for us so that you're not stripped of all your civil rights and constitutional rights with these motherfucking pigs. I won't say motherfucking pigs, but I can say that on my podcast. Anyway, diaper down reeks of bad news and more. <laughs> I like how they're putting reeks in the headlines. Boobert, Hobert flees in surprise move. Majority fifty-four. It's not one of my favorite. MTN. Check check this out. And mysterious in mysterious ancient statues discovered.
1: These spooky looking anthropomorphic statues could quite easily be confused with something from Planet of the Apes, known as the Polakshin Babas. These mysterious stone sculptures can be found standing in countries such as Hungary, Ukraine, Russia, and Mongolia, as well as many others. Archaeologists believe that these stone statues depict human figures. However, many people are skeptical given the strange features, like the almond-shaped eyes, and elongated bodies. It is said they were created by the nomadic from countries hundreds of years ago and used as grave markers or memorials for notable individuals the statues are often shown holding their hands together or holding a weapon mysteriously a lot of the faces appear to be worn away despite other features still being present and since we can't carbon date stone perhaps these statues date back to a time where apes really did rule the planet These spooky-looking anthropomorphic statues could Stay quite hungry. easily be confused with something from Planet of the Apes, known as the Polakchin Babas. These mysterious stone sculptures can be found standing in countries such as Hungary, Ukraine, Russia, and Mongolia, as well as many others. Archaeologists believe that these Ukraine, stone statues Russia. depict human figures, however,
0: many people are it says in the comments. Anyone with a reference of locations of these statues never heard of this being in Hungary despite living here 50 years. Looks like they're holding that infamous, infamous tool bag as well. Are they serpentine people? Her headgear looks like a serpent. I had a dream of an ape man. He indicated to me that they used to rule the land. I had been hiking in an area where they were abundant. Also, an ancient woman with a large head like that came to me in a dream to tell me I'd been on her grave. Hmm. also had a dream there was a group of ape men wearing clothing and they were traveling through the forest like an organized group. They were warriors. There are Bigfoots in the area where I lived. I've seen two different ones and I have a photograph of one on top of a mountain watching me unbeknownst to me at the time. Hmm. Ranks of Angels 2748. Cool. Follow them. Very amazing. Thanks for sharing. Ancient Anatolian megalithic sites. Historic. Yeah. Megalithic sites. Not playing is about to be copied from ancient text. <coughs> okay. <clears throat> Bad news. Uh, streamed one day ago. Okay, back to modest touch. Stench of a loser. Diaperdon can't handle the utter humiliation. Dark Secrets I Learned Before I Left MAGA 12 Minutes Ago, that sounds cool.
2: Would you ask Instacart for personalized game day recipes?
3: hi everyone if you saw my last video then you know that yes i was once a trump supporter it's not something i'm proud of by any means but i will keep talking about it because i think it's important to open up a dialogue between current trump supporters and democrats before this next election we simply can't afford to lose and trump is more dangerous and unhinged than ever i mean just a few days ago he told democrats to rot in hell in his merry christmas address online
4: on christmas day a 77-year-old <laughs> criminal defendant facing racketeering charges and other felonies in four jurisdictions said that his
5: prosecutors the, should...
0: No, who's the real great?
5: ...rot in hell. And unlike every other criminal defendant who has said that, he didn't mumble it to
4: himself bitterly alone in his jail cell awaiting trial. He didn't say it angrily to a cellmate. He said it,
5: Through the reach of social media to the world. And while he was at it, he said the President of the United States should rot in hell.
3: It's just gotten really, really strange. Anyways, I want to start off by answering some of your questions in the comments that you had from my last video. A lot of you wanted to know if there was a more particular point where I realized that Trump was a narcissist. The answer to that is no. I saw a lot of media over time, whether it was documentaries, clips like this from my last video.
6: Donald Trump
4: shows clear signs of the most severe personality disorder It's called Malignant Narcissism, and it was first introduced by Eric Fromm, who escaped the Nazis and spent a lot of his life trying to understand the psychology of evil. And he formulated this diagnosis of malignant narcissism, which has four components. Narcissism, paranoia, antisocial personality disorder, and sadism.
3: And later on, I read a number of different books. All of these sources helped me confirm that there was a much larger issue at play here, when it came to Donald Trump's mental health. It was something that I already knew deep down, but it helped explain a lot of his behavior and the cult-like behavior that was following him. Another question you guys had was if my dad was still a Trump supporter. The answer to that is yes and no. He voted for him in 2016 and 2020. Then in 2021, he voted for Terry McAuliffe in Virginia's election for governor instead of Glenn Youngkin. I do think that was partly because I was working on Terry's campaign at the time and he was trying to support me. Moving forward from that, he has expressed his dis for Trump, especially post January 6th, but in general, he's still a Republican voter. I truly think there is a lot of room for discourse between family members about the current state of politics. Like I said, I think there are a lot of people who don't wanna be reached, but there are quite a few who do and can be reached just like my dad. And even though we disagree on a lot, he still supports everything I do. Okay, now I wanna dive in a little more about some of the dark things that I noticed during my time with the Republican Party and some things that I realized after the fact. For starters, a lot of the people, especially boys and men that I worked with during that time, were very religious. Usually they were either Catholic or Evangelical. Speaking just from my experience, a lot of those same men were either closet gay or complete and total religious hypocrites. They never ever truly practiced what they preached and they used the religion to cover their tracks and to label themselves as good people.
5: I believe in God. I am Christian. I'm a Protestant. I'm very proud of it. Presbyterian to be exact. I'm Pres. Boy, that's down the middle of the road, folks, in all fairness. I mean, Seventh-day Adventist, I don't know about. I have great relationship with God. I have great relationship with uh, the evangelicals. And I go to church a lot, always on Christmas, always on Easter, uh, always when there's a major occasion and during the, during the Sundays. I'm a Sunday church person. I like to do the right thing where I don't have to actually ask for forgiveness. When we go in church and, and when I drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker, I guess that's a form of asking for forgiveness. And I do that as often as possible because I feel cleansed. We were having fun when I said, I drink the wine, I drink, I, I eat the cracker. If I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. My wife, and I pray for you. Thank you. Well, I need it probably more than anybody in this room. You can stay if you want it, because you need the prayer more than I do, I think. I want to just pray for Arnold, if we can, for those ratings. I can understand the evangelicals to a certain extent saying, well, maybe he's not as nice as we want him to be, but... They also want to see the country be great. Why do you think those voters are drawn to you? Well, I'm Protestant, I'm Presbyterian, which means something. Maybe he's not as perfect on the Bible. But I did go to Sunday school for many years, I want to tell you. Well, I get sent Bibles by a lot of people. Where we are all those Bibles anyhow now? <laughs> well, actually, we, we keep them in a certain place, a very, very nice place. My second favorite book of all time. What's my first favorite book? The Bible. The Bible is special. The Bible... The more you see it, the more you read it, uh, the more incredible it is. Are you an Old Testament
2: guy or a New Testament guy? Uh, probably, uh,
5: equal. Proverbs, the chapter, Never Bend to Envy. I've had that thing all of my life where you're, people are bending to envy. Two Corinthians, right? Two Corinthians, 317. That's the whole ballgame. There's no way I would ever do anything to do negative to a Bible. God is the ultimate. I mean, God created this. And, you know, here's the Pacific Ocean right behind us. So
3: These are guys who talked about waiting for marriage to have sex, but then weren't. Or were intensely homophobic, but then pursuing relationships with other men. Another one of the most hypocritical topics was abortion. One man that I knew was extremely pro-life in public, saying things like, women made their choice when they had sex, now they don't have a choice. The same exact guy had his girlfriend at the time get multiple abortions because he didn't want to have any kids of his own. If you were once a Republican or worked for the party, I'm sure you know people like this too. The rot is so deep and it has only grown since I left. I've always said there is a huge lack of empathy in the Republican Party. Problems only become problems when they affect their own lives they apply reason and human emotions to their own situations but don't extend that same luxury to others it's why ted cruz made excuses for his spontaneous rendezvous to cancun mexico with his kids while the power grid was out in texas during an ice storm but he can't apply that same rationale to parents in mexico who desperately want to bring their kids over the border for their kids' own safety.
5: Question from the video on the cell phone was was whether the decision uh, to go was tone deaf. Look, it was obviously a mistake, and in hindsight, I, I wouldn't have done it. Um, I was trying to be a dad, and and all of us have made decisions. When you've got two girls who've been cold for two two days and haven't had heater power, and they're saying, "Hey, look, we don't have school. Why don't we go? Let's get out of here." I think there are a lot of parents that'd be like, all right, let me, if I can do this, great. That's what I wanted to do.
3: Or why the party that preaches family values elected a man who hires porn stars and talks about grabbing women by the pussy and they didn't even bat an eye. I mean, hey, it's just locker room talk, right?
5: That was locker room talk.
3: The self-serving bias wrought through the party has become more and more apparent after I left.
5: He's accused of violating the law with his undisclosed
1: gifts from his billionaire pal. He's a threat to democracy because of his wife's behavior and his refusal to recuse. And he's morally unfit to sit on our Supreme Court, given the Anita Hill
3: allegations and partly it was because of the empathy for humans that have had different experiences in life that attracted me to the democratic party i'm not saying the democratic party is perfect or there's no hypocrisy in the democratic party but to me there's something especially insidious about denying rights to people while privately enjoying those same rights for yourself it's something that i'm glad that i no longer personally have to be witness to if you have any comments or questions comment them below and i'll try to answer them at the start of my next video thank you so much, guys.
2: Thanks so much for watching. We're only a few subscribers short of 2 million subs. Please subscribe right now to the Midas Touch YouTube channel for free and help us grow this unapologetically pro-democracy network.
0: Let's see here. Here's the one about... Diaper down lawyer instantly makes a total fool of herself.
1: because you make it look just so easy. You walk up to the insane line press and you just, you know, you, you just have no podium, no teleprompter, and you just crush them. What? How do you make it look so easy, Alina? Uh,
7: huh. Patriotism. I think it's the same thing that you suffer from, right? We love our country. <laughs> and I, I haven't had any training. PR is not my thing. I'm a lawyer. Um, but I'm passionate about the president getting back to business and cleaning up our country. And when you have passion for anything and you have the facts on your side, I think it's relatively easy to speak from the heart.
4: Objectively, that's just really weird. You have Sebastian Gorka filling in for Greg Kelly on Newsmax, interviewing Donald Trump's lawyer Alina Habba, asking her how she makes it look so easy. Look, Alina Habba has basically lost all of the cases that she's been representing Donald Trump in, and some she's lost so badly she's been sanctioned nearly $1 million for her (laughs) frivolous filings. But as she says there, she's got no PR training, but she's just very passionate. Also, despite all of these losses, Alina Habba has been paid, I believe, over $3 million by Donald Trump's political action committees for her losses and let me show you this other part from the interview between Gorka and Alina Haba, where again she doesn't understand basic tenets of law she doesn't understand what a motion in limine is she complains and whines that she was unable to threaten the judges principal law clerk in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case a bunch of other things here let's play the clip and then talk about it play it let's
1: examine witnesses who have quote unquote government privileges Helena, it sounds to me as if jack smith is running scared
0: <laughs>
7: yeah this is called a due process violation they do it in the form of a gag order he should be scared he doesn't want basically any defense being brought the defense it's what happened with the last trial i tried it's what will happen with the next one i try these judges will gag you they will try and use his popularity and his voice as a way to work against us and the american people so that people cannot hear the truth that that whole list is the defense that's saying you cannot put your own defense on that's like saying you can't have an expert on the Letitia james case or gagging his lawyers which has happened to me You can't, I was gagged in the courtroom. Imagine, Sebastian, in the courtroom, I could not put on a defense on the record for the appellate division. I couldn't say things that needed to be said. That is what our country has come to. And Jack Smith is running scared because he has no case.
4: Okay, let's just address these one by one. So first and foremost, you have Sebastian Gorka saying, it seems like special counsel Jack Smith is running scared here. Special Counsel Jack Smith filed what is called a motion in limine. It is a standard motion to exclude things that are completely irrelevant, non-existent, prejudicial, blatant conspiracies, you name it. And then ultimately, the due process is guess what? Then the way it works is that the other side, the defense, gets to file oppositions The defense gets to file their own motion and eliminates, and ultimately the court gets to rule on it, and then there could be appeals if the court gets it wrong, and then it could go all the way up to the Supreme Court. So that's the due process in our system, kind of the due process that Donald Trump is running scared of. Because when you talk about running scared, Donald Trump had the opportunity for the appeal, that uh, Donald Trump filed with the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals after the district court denied Donald Trump's motion to dismiss the indictment on absolute presidential immunity grounds, Special Counsel Jack Smith wasn't running scared. Special Counsel Jack Smith ran directly to the United States Supreme Court and said, you know what? This is an extraordinary case, even though the normal steps are District Court, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, then Supreme Court. Jack Smith says, I'm not running scared. I want you, Supreme Court, to hear this right now. And by the way, do you know what Donald Trump did? Donald Trump ran scared and said to the Supreme Court, even though I've claimed that I want you to hear this, Supreme Court, even though I've claimed that I have a slam-dunk defense on absolute presidential immunity which he does not. You know, Supreme Court, please don't hear this right now. You shouldn't hear this right now. Don't hear my own appeal on the issue of absolute presidential immunity. And if you're saying, Ben, where are you getting this that Donald Trump previously said that he wants the Supreme Court to hear this? I don't know, how about two weeks or so before Donald Trump filed a brief telling the Supreme Court not to hear his own appeal on the issue of absolute presidential immunity? Alina Haba did the same kind of, TV appearances you're watching earlier in this video and said so here. Remember when Alita Hobbas said this before Donald Trump asked the Supreme Court not to hear the direct appeal on the issue of absolute presidential immunity? Play this clip. And
7: I believe- uh someone had called on on the Supreme Court to do this exact thing. We need the Supreme Court to step in and stop this. This has become complete mayhem, mm. and if they don't start looking at these decisions and as the highest court in this country, as the arbiter of law, the ultimate arbiter of the Constitution, the people that are supposed to enforce are bedrock, if they don't start doing it, which thank goodness they are, we you know have some law and order hopefully soon
4: all right now, going back to that Sebastian. See right there. Going back to the Sebastian Gorka interview with Alina Habba. She says they call that a gag order. Um, And the graphic, if you go back earlier in this video, the the graphic that was being posted by Sebastian Gorka is not a gag order. It's called a motion in limine. And a motion in limine is a standard pretrial motion that is filed in every criminal case and every civil case before it goes to trial. It is the most standard motion that gets filed. Prosecution can file it, defense can file it, plaintiffs can file it, defendants can file it, and mostly all of them avail themselves to file these things so that you make sure that the evidence that is going to the jury is admissible evidence and that it is relevant and probative evidence and that it's relevant and probative nature is not outweighed by any prejudicial aspect. It's a balancing test that happens in every single federal criminal case in our country. And for example, if you look at the list, yes, special counsel, Jack Smith um, does not want the case to devolve into deranged, unhinged, unproven conspiracies that the MAGA Republicans want to talk about. There were ghost buses and this was a fedsurrection and the FBI was involved in the insurrection and they're the ones who created the insurrection and just things that will be distractions and are not true and are completely irrelevant and have no basis in reality. So in a motion limit, you say, you know what? Those things should not come before the jury. We should focus on the crimes that are being alleged and the elements of the crimes. And that should be the focus of what the jury is. And then Trump could file his own motion and limine as well. And so that's what Alina Habba is saying uh, there. My new year's resolution is to start eating healthy, but my problem is eating healthy usually means bland or not enough food. That has all changed with marley spoon this podcast is sponsored by marley spoon marley spoon knows bland food is boring so they created the best tasting meal kit money can buy with our code midas m-e-i-d-a-s you can get up to 20 20 produce subscription midas so i couldn't a gag order and then she said i was gagged in the court in the new york attorney general that i was trying i was gagged in the court So I couldn't even put on a defense. The gag order in the New York Attorney General's civil fraud case simply said, stop attacking the judge's principal law clerk. That's it. You could still even attack the judge, which is so unprofessional and which never happens. You can attack New York Attorney General Letitia James, which is so unprofessional and never happens in any of these cases. Like when the New York Attorney General recently uh, brought an action against Google and received hundreds of millions of dollars, you don't see the Google CEO saying, you know, deranged, unhinged uh, Letitia James. This, no, I mean, people behave themselves in courts with decorum and usually respectful of our court system, but the gag order that was imposed on Habba was just don't attack the principal law clerk who sits by the judge who assists the courts there because Donald Trump and the defense strategy in a case involving fraudulent civil valuations was not to, let's argue that our valuations were accurate. No, the main defense was that the judge's clerk was passing notes to the judge and that that and that therefore it was unfair and that the the clerk was doing something mean to them like what and 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 so therefore the defense has to attack the judge's law clerk the heck, the heck are you talking about what are we talking about um so that's what alina haba was whining about right there um finally i just want to make this point because this is it's it's Coming to the point where I do think American people are realizing just this overall loser mentality that is MAGA and the weak mentality. They want to be strong men and women and persons, but they're weak. They're weak. They're losers. And they go around whining. It's, it's a wine fest. It's a wine tour, but not like a good one, not like a Pinot Noir, like a like a whiny wine. Horrific fest where they just go, oh, this judge is unfair, this judge is unfair. The Pied Pipers are like, whining, whining,
2: whining, 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 whining.
4: Everyone's just a bunch of uh, just a bunch of whiners. Here Alina Habba is saying how, this was when she spoke at one of these uh, turning point events, uh, the right-wing influencer events, in the past few weeks, and Alina Habba says, About another case, this case uh, was in the Southern District of Florida Federal Court, where the judge dismissed the case, and Alina Habba is whining and saying, um, well, she's bragging, actually, she's not whining. I mean, she's saying, could you believe that this judge sanctioned me? One million dollars, me and Donald Trump. Here play this clip. Hey, Dr. Drew, my wife Susan here. We want to show you something. You've
1: probably seen this guy all over your feed claiming that cutting carbs isn't necessary for
8: weight loss.
7: That got assigned to a Clinton-appointed judge. What do you think happened? Nobody's heard of the case, right? It's because it's gone. I never met the judge. I never walked into the courtroom. There were probably 50 lawyers representing all of the radical left. Clinton's lawyers, MOOCs lawyers, the list goes on and on and on. One month, it got dismissed and me and President Trump got sanctioned a million dollars for going against crooked Hillary. You didn't know that, did you? Fake news, folks. Fake news, they won't report it. But guess what? We paid that million, and we're going to keep on fighting.
4: And what I'm about to show you is, is slightly unrelated, because I was as I was watching, you know, I have to watch these videos, so as I was watching the Alina Habba video, Oh, not the one I just showed you, the one with Sebastian Gorka, which, uh, to get you these clips. So then I turned over to Fox. I said, okay, here's what Newsmax is saying with Alina Hoppe. What the heck? What is Fox saying? What are they What are they doing on Fox right now? And and, and this, this is this is real. This is what they were doing on Fox. Play this clip.
5: I mean, I, I made fun a little bit of the vice president saying that, you know, now she's uh, went from being the border's art to being in charge of posting gas of selfies. But on a serious note... Folks like myself who own a gas stove are concerned that the administration really does intend to do things like try to get rid of them. Well, and you should be. You know, I own a gas stove too. I don't care if you're on natural gas or like me on propane gas or whether you're on pull my finger gas. You know, the administration and the federal government should have no impact or input on what you have for a stove. But this—that's what they're they're talking about. Gas stoves. They're talking about
4: gas stoves, and I don't know. They're—they're jealous that. the vice president and her husband are in a loving relationship. It's it's just such weird stuff. But ultimately, what they want to do is not have us talk about the fact that because of Bidenomics, because of President Biden's steady and stable and calm leadership, things are trending in the right direction. They don't want you to hear about this. Play this clip.
7: Good news: gas prices are down, stocks are hitting all time highs, and consumer confidence is starting to rebound.
4: And and folks. We're going to be laser-focused on all of that here at the Midas Touch Network. We're going to be laser, laser laser-focused on all of that. So let me know what you think. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers. Thanks to your support,
2: and have a great day. Thanks so much for watching. We're only a few subscribers short of 2 million subs. Please subscribe right now to the Midas Touch YouTube channel for free and help us grow this unapologetically pro-democracy network.
0: Okay, right. Let's see what other good stuff we got going on here. Fake Diaper Don Elector instantly throws Trump under the bus eight hours ago. I'm confused.
3: Because this scheme involved fake electors, those participating in certain states had no way to comply with state election laws, like where the electors were supposed to meet. One group of fake electors even considered hiding overnight to ensure that they could access the state capitol, as required in Michigan.
8: Did Mr. Norton say who he was working with at all on this effort to have electors meet?
0: Laura Cox. He
7: said he was working with the president's campaign. He mm-hmm. told me. Um, that the Michigan Republican electors were planning to meet in the Capitol and hide overnight so that they could fulfill the role of casting their vote in her law in the Michigan uh, uh, chambers. And um, I told him, in no uncertain terms, that that was insane
9: and inappropriate to Michael Popak legal AF that was Laura Cox (laughs) and she was the former GOP head in Michigan cooperating with the Jan 6 committee calling the fake elector scheme cuckoo crazy especially the use of certificates that didn't have a warning label on them that they should only be used if Donald Trump won any of the 70 cases that he filed to try to overturn the results of the election, which he did not. And now we have new reporting that one of the 16 fake electors in Michigan is coming out from the cold, getting away from his criminal uh, charges, and, and cooperating trade is an with the Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. And-
0: fake elector... Us, diaper don team under the bus as he spills the beans
9: that is james renner now the headline has been so far james renner 77 former state trooper sees the light and says he was completely betrayed by donald trump and others and that he feels embarrassed that he participated in something that tried to undermine the legitimacy of the election and he said specifically to the michigan investigators after looking at the transcripts from the Jan 6 committee, including like things like Laura Cox, he is embarrassed, and he can't emphasize that enough to have been involved. He feels like he was misled, and he was led down the primrose path by not only the Trump campaign, but the three leaders of the fake elector scheme in Michigan, which are Bashan Maddock, former co-chair of the Republican Party in Michigan, along with Laura Cox, uh, Catherine Burden, who is a, or was, a republican uh, committee person to the republican national committee and myra rodriguez an attorney and they were sort of leading things now laura cox who we just heard a clip from she was conveniently home with COVID and did not participate on the december the 14th 2020 secret clandestine meeting in which the fake electors put their name and signatures to the bottom of a coup it's a coup with receipts and they're they're, they're in the form of fake elector certificates so what do we have right now? Why does it matter? And why does it matter ultimately to Donald Trump? Let me explain that next. Dana Nessel, the uh, the um, peerless and fearless attorney general for Michigan, and I'm going to show a clip from her next explaining this. She waited patiently, as all the other attorney generals did, for about a year or more, waiting to see what the Jan 6 committee would do with her fake electors and what the Department of Justice was going to do. She didn't want to step on toes. But after waiting over a year and seeing that the, um, the focus on the fake electors isn't as intense or focused uh, as she wanted it to be in the Department of Justice filings, and in the Georgia case as well. She is the, the, the lead law enforcement officer in Michigan, and so she's going to step forward and do what she needs to do. And she's indicted 16, all 16 of the fake electors in Michigan for their role. Now, the big criminality component that backs up on Donald Trump is the fact that even Ken Chesborough, who's the now disgraced felon out of Georgia, convicted of, you know, pled guilty to a felony and the architect of the fake elector scheme, even he has said that all of the fake election certificates should have had a warning label on them that said only to be used if any of the Trump lawsuits or litigations are successful. And since they weren't, they never should have been used. But they were used, including in Georgia, with Kent Chesborough involved, and they were used without the warning label in Michigan. Why? Well, Laura Cox and others have testified that they got pressure from the Trump campaign to use the certificates anyway, even though they had not won and weren't going to win any of their lawsuits, exactly the opposite of of what Ken Chesbrough says he devised as his strategy and advice. That's the culpability. And the fact of the Trump campaign, which we know is ultimately controlled through Mark Meadows by Donald Trump. Uh, uh, not only urge but force these fake electors to find to, to sign certificates. You know these receipts of the coup without the warning label goes to the criminality, mens rea, and the conspiracy against Donald Trump. So when someone like James Renner, seventy-seven years old former state trooper, decides he's going to cooperate, be the only one so far cooperating with the Michigan Attorney General's office, you got to stand up and listen. It's not just his embarrassment. Of being misled by Donald Trump and the others. Yes, that's important, but he's going to testify about how he was compelled to sign certificates that didn't have the appropriate warning legend on them and whatever he can tell them about the Trump campaign along with the others. Now, the other 15 fake electors better see the light now, now that James Renner has come in from the cold and try to cut their own deals if they can with the Michigan Attorney General. If you want to understand the scope of the investigation so far, focus just for now on the fake electors, but wherever the evidence leads, including up to Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump, Uh, That could ultimately be a, a larger investigation and criminal indictments coming out of the Michigan attorney generals. Let's listen to Attorney General Dana Nessel at her press conference.
8: Hi, I'm David Hastings. At Hastings and Hastings, we are the discount accident lawyers. Let's talk about what to do after a collision. First, call the police. If you don't have the police there and they don't do a record, stories can change. The next thing to remember is your camera phone is your best friend. So before you move the cars out of the roadway, take pictures of where the cars are located. That's important to be able to prove exactly what happened. Then, after you move the cars, be sure to take pictures not only of your own car, but more importantly, of the other person's car. The insurance company will not share those photos with me if you hire us. The next thing with your camera phone is to make sure you take pictures of any cuts or bruises that you may have. They heal quickly. We need to get those immediately. If you don't do them immediately after an accident, that important evidence is gone. The camera should be used for exchanging information at the scene. Take a picture of the other person's driver's license, the driver and the driver's insurance card. Finally, assume nothing with the police. If there are witnesses, Try to get their names and phone numbers and make sure the cops have them. Also, if you're hurt, don't assume the cop is going to even ask you. He didn't ask me when I had my accident two years ago, and I had a concussion. So all I can tell you is, if you're injured in any way, make sure that you tell the policeman. Now, a lot of people think, oh, I'm feeling okay at an accident scene, but the adrenaline is flowing and they don't feel it, often for one, two, even a week later. So get immediate medical care after a collision from either a hospital or urgent care, and then call Hastings and Hastings as soon as you can. Click the button below for a free consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Thanks for listening and drive safe.
7: I like it. Yep. it's mine. The prices blow my mind. I feel so rich. I feel like a billionaire. I'm shopping like a billionaire. I'm shopping like a billionaire. Let's go. I'm shopping like a billionaire. I am shopping like a billionaire i am shopping like a billionaire i Come to make 'cause I'm shopping like a billionaire. Download the Temu app and shop like a billionaire. As part of the orchestrated plan, we allege that 16 Michigan residents met covertly in the basement of Michigan GOP headquarters and knowingly, and of their own volition, signed their names to multiple certificates stating that they were... The duly elected and qualified electors for president and vice president of the United States of America for the state of Michigan. That was a lie. They weren't the duly elected and qualified electors, and each of the defendants knew it.
9: Okay, so that sort of brings you up to speed. We've got Ken Chesborough, who got permission as a former Donald Trump lawyer and an architect for the fake elector scheme to leave Georgia uh, where he's on, on parole, uh, you know, he's on, he's in the, uh, just justice system because he's pled guilty, um, and have him traveled to places like Michigan, where uh, uh, reportedly he has cooperated with the Michigan attorney general's office without an immunity deal in place. So they already had his, they get the indictments out of the grand jury based on, in part, his testimony. And now, uh, Michigan attorney general, Dana Nessel has, One of the 16 flipped and cooperating with her just to show as a comparison, eventually um, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis has about eight of her fake electors, about 16 in Georgia, too, cooperating with her. And all of this matters as we continue to evaluate the quantity and quality of the evidence held by the prosecutors and law enforcement against Donald Trump and how this particular piece fits into that puzzle. The Trump campaign controlled by Meadows and Trump. Tell the fake electors, get in that room, sign that certificate, even without the warning label. And then we'll, we'll take it from there, as Donald Trump likes to say. And and Mike Roman, the uh, election day coordinator for the Trump campaign, comes. He's the mule. He sweeps up all the fake elector certificates in the seven battleground states, and he has them delivered to Mike Pence on Jan 6th, hoping that with the pressure campaign, Mike, Mike Pence would take one look at it, bang his head with confusion and say, I don't know what to do. There's two slates of competing um, certificates, You know, electors, uh, throw it over to the states, which means Donald Trump would win because the state houses are controlled in majority by Republicans. Or I'll recognize these, these look like they're legitimate, the ones for Trump, and I'll ignore the ones for the, uh, the rightful winner and victor, President Joe Biden. All of that was part of that conspiracy. But it starts with people like James Renner coming forward saying that they're, they're ashamed, saying they've been misled, saying that they've been betrayed and cooperating with law enforcement. That is who's gonna give the most powerful testimony at the various court proceedings and trials that we're gonna hear, right? It's the people that, that you know, it's, it's the Cassidy Hutchinsons that work for Mark Meadows that are gonna be so compelling. It's the, uh, the people in and around uh, Donald Trump who are gonna testify so compellingly against him, all the way up to the vice president, Department of Justice, attorneys for Donald Trump, former attorneys for Donald Trump and the like. We could just spend, the entire trial could just be lawyers testifying against Donald Trump. As strange as that sounds, I've been in this for 32 years. I've only had one case where a lawyer testified against the former client. This, the entire case against Donald Trump criminal prosecution could just be weeks of lawyers testifying and people like James Renner, former fake electors now seen the light cooperating with the Michigan Attorney General. We'll continue to follow what happens with the fake electors and the New York and the, uh, sorry the attorney generals around the country who are addressing this issue in parallel in conjunction with the criminal federal and state prosecutors who are going after them as well and how it ties back to Donald Trump, his own mens rea, criminal mind and culpability. I do it on the Midas Touch Network exclusively. That's it. At the intersection of law, politics, and justice. And then every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on a podcast we call Legal AF Pod. (laughs) It's exactly what you think. And then the leaders of Legal AF do these hot takes about every hour, if not every half an hour, on the Midas Touch Network. And then we pull it all together on this curated podcast you can get on video or wherever you get your audio podcast from so if you like what i'm doing here give me a thumbs up it really does help and leave a comment it helps with the ratings keeps me on the air so to speak and until my next hot take until my next legal af
2: it's is michael popock reporting hey Midas mighty love this report continue the conversation by following us on instagram at midas touch to keep up with the most important news of the day what are you waiting for follow us now
0: with your hands up, Diaper Donald. Sticking to a loser.
6: What's up, man? One coach T speaks with the Midas Touch Network. So let's talk a little history here, specifically the Civil War. So if you were to ask me, why was the Civil War fought, I would say, well, the Civil War was fought from 1861 to 1865, basically due to slavery and states' rights. You see, southern states who were called the Confederacy, they wanted the right to continue to own black people, use them for free labor and other horrible things where the northern states who were called the Union, they didn't want that to happen. So that led to the Civil War, which in turn led to the abolition of slavery and the reunification of the United States of America. Seems pretty easy, right? Let's see how Nikki Haley would answer that exact same question. Please,
2: what was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't
7: come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the civil war was? I'm sorry?
2: I'm not president.
7: I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. Thank you. And in the year 2023, may 2020. can answer that question without mentioning the word slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery?
6: Next question. And make no mistake about it, this was calculated. Nikki Haley and other Republicans know the people that they want to vote for them. They know that for years now they've been talking about woke ideology and taking CRT out of schools, so if they mention black people or slavery, that's not what their voters want. So Nikki Haley made a calculated decision not to mention slavery when asked why was the Civil War fought. And, you know, it's been about 24 hours now, so now she's backtracking. I can't imagine how she could wait 24 hours, think this over, speak on it, and still miss the mark.
7: The Civil War was about slavery, uh, but then she said, this. she was talking about what it means today, and she says it's about freedom and individual rights. I think we have that sound, so I'm going to let you listen to it. Well, two things on this, Jack. I mean, of course the Civil War was about slavery. We know that. That's, that's the easy part of it. What I was saying was, what does it mean to us today? What it means to us today is about freedom. That's what that was all about. It was about individual freedom. It was about economic freedom. It was about individual rights. Our goal is to make sure, no, we never go back to the stain of slavery. But what's the lesson in all of that?
6: First of all, the guy never asked her, what does the Civil War mean to you today? Who would ask a question like that? And she can't say, oh, I didn't hear the question because she asked the exact same question back to him. She said, why do you think the Civil War was fought? In turn, he said, I'm not the one running for president here. But like they do, my guys at the Midas Touch Network look back, found a video from 2010 When Nikki Haley was asked the exact same question and gave basically the exact same answer. What's your belief about the reason the Civil War was solved? I mean, again, I think that
7: as we look in government, as we watch government, you have different sides, and I think that you see passions on different sides. And I don't think anyone does anything out of hate. I think what they do is they do things out of tradition and out of beliefs of what they believe is right. Um, I think you had one side of the Civil War that was fighting for tradition, and I think you had another side of the Civil War that was fighting for change. You know, at the end of the day, what I think we need to remember is um, that, you know, everyone is supposed to have their rights, everyone's supposed to be. Free. Everyone's supposed to have the same um, freedoms as anyone else. So, you know, I think it was tradition versus change is the way I see it.
5: Tradition versus
7: change on what? On individual rights and liberty of people.
6: Traditions and change. Wow. So Nikki Haley is reducing the horrors of slavery to simple traditions. One side wanted traditions, the other side wanted change. And then when asked, traditions and change over what? She could have easily said, Oh, slavery. The South wanted to keep slaves and the North didn't want them to. That's it. Easy as that. But again, she didn't because this is calculated. And this is why I say that the war on information and facts is as important as any other war we have out there. This is why we have to push back against their use of terms like woke ideology and their misunderstanding of CRT being taught in school. Nikki Haley gave this answer because she calculated that this
2: is what her voting populace wants to hear, period. Thanks so much for watching. We're only a few subscribers short of 2 million subs. Please subscribe right now to the Midas Touch YouTube channel for free, and help us grow this unapologetically pro-democracy network.
6: How can I build credit if I don't have any? With the Chime Credit Builder card, just set up direct deposit to apply and start building credit. And with the safer credit building feature, your balance is always paid on time, limiting overspend. Apply today at Chime.com.